How's it going everybody? This is Marcus Stokes here and this is Dean Scurry and I am a traveller and I am a countryman. Welcome to a traveller and a countryman podcast. podcast. So um, here we are today. What's the story people? What's the story folks? Did you actually say folks? <laughs> this is our uh, podcast here. I'm Martin. And uh, I'm Dean. And together we are who? Dean Martin. No, we're two idiots. Two fools. Now come here. Um, did I just hear you saying folks? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's the story? Where'd you get folks from? Uh, I heard people. I heard, I heard someone saying it, and they were trying to. Um, they were trying to appeal to a wider audience. Hello, uh, folks. Yeah, that's good. It's probably good in America or something like that. But we're like you're actually you're born, bred, starved, and Ballymun. and you want to use the word folks. <laughs> born, bred, and starved. The, yeah, what's the speak posh word about? Hi, you? folks. Where do you come from, Mala Hyde? Yeah, you do a posh accent, go. I can't do a posh accent. Go on, try This is where I am. I'm, I'm a trouser. I'm in Ballymun and I can't do nothing about do that. Do your Ballymun accent. Ballymun. <laughs> this isn't a Ballymun no, accent. No, it's not. Do it the way you do it. I don't do a Ballymun accent. Here, here, hello. What's the story? <laughs> do it, go on. No, I can't do, do it. Sure, I would if I could, but I can't no, do it. No, you're sure you're embarrassed or something. But sure, if I'm embarrassed, Dean, it means I can't do the work. Martin. Would you do yeah. your voice that you do? Ah, Dean, leave it out, so will you? What's the story, <laughs> Dean? <laughs> How's, how's it going, Martin? I'm, try, I'm trying to do a traveller accent. That sounded more one? like. Um, Why well, do the traveller once saw? How's it going, boss? Is that bad, yeah? That sounds uh, like Christy Moore. He's not a traveller. This is uh, episode six. Martin, what are we going to talk about this week? Um, we're going to talk about health. Why are we talking about health? Because you're overweight, is it? And I'm over here. I'm over here. You're over there. And you're over 50. <laughs> <laughs> Martin no. was 50 recently. Yeah. No, I think what, 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 the reason I'm talking about health is because. You're always um you're always talking about jogging and running and swimming and what do you call it in the sea and this surfboarding, is there? Right. All that stuff. But yeah, you're you're sort of come to me, um how would I say come to me as a as a, a health freak, is that what you call it? Um, Are you a health freak? I'm not really a health freak. Now, I think a health freak for me is somebody who's like a Addicted to uh, health and fitness or obsessed with our body image or something like that. No, because what I was saying was, if you are, if you attach yourself as that, you're doing a very bad job in it. Doing a brutal job of it. Yeah. No, but I do I find. Look at you, Brett. I do find. <laughs> that's because I'm talking so much shit. <laughs> Stop uh, the language, Dean. Oh, sorry. That's yeah. Very bad language to be using. No, I I find when I feel good about myself when I feel like you know I'm in like the a nice way and I look at myself in the mirror and go, yeah, that's okay. I just feel better about myself. But does that do something for your face also? Uh, well, look, Martin, I'm I sorry can, for I can shave, I really you'll am. always be ugly. Is yeah. this a slagging I'm episode, sorry. is it? I thought that was a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> Martin's always trying to get a couple Talk of slaggings in, right? Because that's his, uh, that's his currency. You know what I mean? Let's talk about health, yeah? Yeah, let's talk about health. Stay away from that. I will whip you out. Yeah, you're welcome anytime, my friend. I'll tell you. Take a, take a shot anytime you want. This will just be the Countryman podcast because you'll be too shy to get back on this yeah, thing. Yeah, but just because I'm a traveller doesn't mean I can't talk like a slag. I will slag sugar lumps. Dean, you have you to, um, let's say I was to have a shot like one. No, actually, I think Feel banter. free anytime. I think banter, a good bit of banter is healthy. But I think um, what I've done recently is I've started to, um, like today, for example, me and a mate of mine, we were out, we're training for a triathlon. Uh, I'm putting on a triathlon in Ballymun with a couple of lads, Jer Prendergrass and a couple of lads. It's called the Ballymun Decathlon Triathlon. Very good. We've got a, a bit of partnership of the Catlon who are based here in Ballymun. And July 2nd, we're going to do the Ballymun Decathlon Triathlon. Yeah. Very and nice. I'm training for that. So what is uh, what a triathlon is, it's like three um, sports in one event. Yeah. 
uh, and so in training and so the sports are swimming cycling and running so today I swam 500 metres cycled 15 kilometres and ran so you do three different things three kilometres back to back to back Oh, you sound like um, Kevin Bloody Wilson, is it? Kevin Bloody Mills, Wilson, why? Why? Pissing, fishing, swimming in the <laughs> river next door. You told me to, to stop. Alice. You can't say pissing. Pissing sure, is a course. I'm, oh, I didn't. I didn't realize that was a curse. I, I apologize to you. I don't think it is. I don't think anybody's going to be offended okay. by that. If anyone's offended by pissing or shit, send us in an email at. Um, we don't really care too much. We've got better things to be talking about. Yes. Com. Okay, but let's have a bit of respect for people who are listening also, yeah? Absolutely. You don't mind that. So, triathlon, that's what I'm doing and I'm enjoying it and, you know, I feel good in my body. Uh, now, today I'm a little bit tired uh, because I had uh, sinus for a few days, but it's just good to be out when the weather's a little bit nice and you're out and you're swimming and you're running. Mm. Uh, and it helps me head as well. It helps me get up in the morning. I'm not lying in the bed for an hour. All right. What do you mean? Because the fact that you're actually exercising. Yeah, I'm exercising, um, I'm feeling happy, uh, I'm out in nature. It's, I find it sometimes very easy just to stay in the bed. I was going to say that, how come you're always sleepy every time I see you? I really like sleeping and I think that that's healthy as well, but it's about getting the balance of it. Yeah? Yeah. So you just had a sleepy look about you, is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, man. Go on, Dean. We're taking the meaning away from the health thing here. Seriously, we need to be serious. So, how this. are you doing with health? You're 50 years of age recently. Yes. How are you getting on? Um, getting on fine, thanks be to God. You have a bit of timber on you? Ah, uh, well, look at I do not a bit of walking. You told me the other day that you're starting to walk. You're starting to park the car yeah. further away from the shop or, you know, if you're going well, somewhere. It's actually parking the car. The car is actually broke down at the moment, so I don't All have right, it. okay. I don't have it. I don't have it. Just trying to get out and do a couple of more steps. Yeah. No, I do a bit of walking in the in the in the, in the evenings more or less. Yeah. Um, but sure, I'm always active anyway. And apart from like going to a gym or stuff like that, when I, I used to go to a gym years ago, but uh, sometimes life just gets too busy and you can't seem to find the time for it. For how long is years ago now? When you say that, ah, uh, seriously, ten years ago. Ten years ago. Yeah. So you would have been forty. And the years have flew, gone. They're gone in, in a second. Yeah, gone like that. To be honest, with you. yeah. Boom. And you they, sort of regret that you didn't sort of stick with these things, you know. Yeah, well, look, like I, I, I'm a year or so, a year and a half maybe younger than you. It's never too late. I think if you have a bit of mobility, just do a little bit more. Get yeah. out a uh, couple of steps. Get off the sofa. That's the hardest part. Get out of the car. Get off the sofa. The car. I think the car is the biggest problem. Yeah. Uh, the sofa, no. I'm never really on the sofa, to be honest with you. I'm always out and about and doing something like. Yeah. But um, the car, yes. I would blame the car a lot for that because I'm, I'm guessing maybe a lot of people have the same habit or the same problem it's like from the car to the caravan the car to the caravan as you know I live in a caravan yeah Um, maybe the odd outside and about chatting the lads and as I said the odd walk in the evenings would you do like a park so walk my, or something like that I'd sort of be on my feet a lot yes but it's not like every part of your body is getting exercised you know what I mean yeah yeah I yeah. understand there's different types of exercise you have to do to uh, like the upper body, the lower body and stuff like that. And you know those machines they have in the so, parks? Have you ever used them? Um, not really, no. I've seen them. I have seen them. I've seen them. I, do, I don't really see the value in them. If, see the way they're all spread out and there's like, if you're on your own, one person walking through a park, I'd are you, you going to stop at them? Or if you're with two or three people, is one person going to get on? And No. I think, um, is the local councils that supply them in the parks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is? Yeah. So, um, 
if they do they not monitor um, how people are using them or not using them like? I don't like only if they're getting wrecked they'll probably monitor them I don't think there's anyone I there I know they're there it, and it's good that they are there if people it, have that opportunity what, if they want to use them what I'm trying to do in Ballymun is get them a number of them in different locations but that together grouped as a set of nine you know what I mean so let's say in, in the park in Poppentry mm. every Saturday morning at half nine there's a park run Right. I'd love to get a group of set of them at, put there at the start line mm. so when people arrive 15, 20 minutes they earlier they can use them they can use them they can warm up yeah but would that um, how often would they be used then after that well is, if they is, get in is, the habit of using it once a week at the park run yeah but is there a park run just one if the park run is only once a week what happens for the rest of the week then uh, yeah, well, they'll, they'll still get used. I'm not saying people won't go running and jogging or whatever they do in the park. Well, if they weren't there, people won't use them. If they are there, people will use them. Do you or think they might so? use them. Um, but did you just say earlier on that there's certain parks that people won't use them, is it? There's certain parks, like there's a park here, uh, say... Are we talking about like quiet parks kind of thing, is there's it? There's a park here, Santry Park, and there's a number of those, say, fitness machines. Right. But they're spread out. Right. You know what I mean? And there's like one here and then, you know, 20 yards is another one and 20 yards is another one. And I think if you have a group of people, say you've got three or four people, it's hard to be all together and use them as a group. But I've seen one in DCU Park and there's like a group of nine or 12 of them together. And you'll see, it's you know, a group yeah, of lads going over. Just beside the DCU there. Huh? The one just beside the DCU. Yeah, yeah but you'll see a group yeah, of lads hanging there for, for an hour or two. Hanging out at, at them, you know what I mean? Actually using them. And using them, yeah. Mm, like yeah. like a, like an outdoor gym. Yeah. So the reason I'm saying it is because uh, during um, COVID and the lockdown, and we could have, you know, any number of uh, COVIDs and lockdowns yeah. in the future. Could it, could, it be down to, could it be down to certain times that people want to use them? Like, what if people are working now and they're not home for a certain time and then they go out for a walk? Would they even find the time to use them in the evening? Or would they even feel, would they feel safe by even going in around them in the evenings? Uh, yeah, look, I think... Like, depending on the weather, the, the weather summer or... I winter think like. winter time, you're probably less likely to use them after five o'clock because it's going to be a wi- bit dark, oh, wet yes. and damp. That's right, yeah. Um, but I think in summertime, where it's bright till uh, nine, half nine, ten o'clock here, yeah, people yeah. are off work at five o'clock. People are working from home a lot yeah, now. That's, that's true. So if I'm looking to get three or four of them set up in Ballymoon, um and it's kind of part of a bigger thing that I'm doing. So apart from people not using say if there is people um, that's not using them, or mm. it is not enough people using them, is there uh, could there be another solution to that? Yeah, well, people have options, home gyms, or going to a, a like a private gym or Dublin City Council gym. Uh, what's the difference between a Dublin City Council gym? And a private gym? Yeah. Like a Ben Dunn gym. Now, ben Dunn gym or something like that, yeah. Yeah, they're kind of a little bit different from a Dublin City Council gym. They'd be a little bit more, um, I don't know, luxurious. Probably is is a word I'm trying. Yeah, but what if people can't afford this stuff? Yeah, well then they can go to DCU gym. It's uh, the D, the outside gym. No, about. the 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 DCU gym, for example, the one in here in Ballymun is like what's the membership for it? Thirty quid a month. Yeah, thirty quid a month. Is is, it? is that actually in the in the DCU? Yeah. Uh. Sorry, not DCU, DCC. DCC, DCC, Council. Council Gym. That's in Ballymun, yeah. That's in Ballymun, yeah. Yeah, that's right. So is, is, that, is that gym is actually cheaper than the, than the other one, yeah? Than a Ben Dunn gym. I think it's a bit cheaper, yeah. Yeah, all right. But you're saying the other one is more luxurious. A little bit, you know what I mean? Probably have 
the odd extra jacuzzi or something like that. What? Where you wouldn't have, you've got the basic sauna, swimming pool, steam room, gym. In the Dublin City Council gym. Yeah, have you never, have you been to it? Um, I, I went there, say, once with it, the young lad wanted, the young lad wanted to join it. Yeah. It was about, about two years ago, say. Well, where were you training? I was when? actually never in the gym, no. Uh, we might, we might do a visit to it. Where were you training when you were training? Um, I used to, well, I wouldn't say, well, you could call it training, but I wasn't training, like, what I was mainly doing was um, treadmill and swimming. Where was that? In Finglas. In what? In the gym. In the gym in Finglas. So yeah. the no, same, it's a big, it's a big, uh, the same gym they have in Finglas. That's the WC Council Is that gym. right? They have one of them in Ballymun. Well, it was actually good. Yeah, it's it was good. a big, um, a huge, I think it was a centre, a big centre, community centre, is it? It was a community centre. Yeah, that's a WC Council gym. Yeah, but it was Just also. Just there on Mellows Road. That's right, but it was actually a community centre as well also. It was right there beside, yeah, there's a youth centre and a community centre and a WC well, Council. There you go, you have it. Headquarters. And it was actually a good gym. There was a good, uh, good big swimming pool in it. There was um, no shortage of treadmills. So there's one of them in Ballymoon and it's it's uh, it's really good. Right, I've never been. As it's said, all I done haven't. up now. The equipment in the gym is fantastic. Is that right? The pool is well kept. There's plenty of staff there. The price is very reasonable. Like, I'm, 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 hopefully I remember. I think it's only like between 30 and 40 quid a month, That's which actually, is like a euro a day. It's very cheap, isn't it? Yeah, it's good. Really good it's value. It's very cheap. It's just, it's just to bring yourself around to that to get, to get started. That's what I'm saying. It's about getting off the co- uh, the sofa or getting out of the car. Making that first move. like Making that first move. And I think we think the... Uh, you know, it's going to be so much effort making the force move. But actually, when you go to the gym the first time and you just get in, you take it easy. You don't try and do too much. You'll you'll enjoy it. Yeah. And then you're more likely to to come back. What about uh, what's the continuation of people being in the gym? What do you mean? Uh, for instance, if a person joins it for a month, yeah, are they inclined to join it again or just drift off and leave it again or what? Yeah, well, I'd say there's a lot of people like what happens generally in gyms is everybody joins in January after the the talkie. You know, right? And gyms make loads of money. Yeah. yeah and January yeah, yeah. and the middle of February, everybody's gone, and then it fades off. And then come June, when the sun comes out and everybody wants their summer body, yes, they start back at it. You know. Oh, right, but the, the trick is to do a small bit regularly, every day, every day more or less. Whatever, whatever regularly is for you, two days a week, every day, one day a week, whatever regularly is, do a small bit regularly. And basically, what you're, I think, what you're trying to do is. One is get out of the house, get off the sofa, get out of the car, yeah. put your body under a little bit of stress, but not too much. No, I would. What I would like to do, I would like to at least, if say if I was to join the gym, and I probably will sometime. But um, you don't have long left, so. Ah, uh, is that right? I'm well, t- those ten years, some from forty to fifty, is that they're going in the yeah, big. Well, I'm night. thinking about another t- 30, 35 years at least, anyway. You know what I mean? And then I'll just take things easy then after that. Right, if you if you get that long. Well, I'm hoping so, yeah. All right, okay. So why, why why would I want to be looking for anything less? Well, I'm just like, you are a traveller, so the average age of a traveller is that little bit less than the settled people. Yeah. Yeah. And who um, who, who made the statement? Like, where did it come from? Well, that's like national statistics on the health of the population. Statistics? Yeah. All right. Um, my grandmother lived till 84 years of age. Yeah, well, it, she she must have been settled. 84 years of age she was. <laughs> I'm only messing. <laughs> Don't give me that look. <laughs> Maybe she had a settled background. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. You gave me some dagger eyes there, look at you. Nice one, Dean. Yep. Um, yeah, so how many, um, say, the, the population of settled people now, what's the average age uh, in them? 
in the statistics. For the age of where people uh, live till. Yeah. I think it could be like 70, you know, late 70s. Right, yeah. yeah. And the travellers could be early 70s. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there could be, I, th- I think I read somewhere that it could be even 12 years in the difference. Is that right? Yeah. Well, I can honestly say that I don't know, I genuinely don't know a lot of travellers. There probably is a few, but I don't know a big lot that lived like till 80, 84 years of age. So, uh, and, on ask, the, and on the other hand, uh, talk about health. Yeah. She was a chain smoker. She was a chain smoker. Honestly, that's no lies. I genuinely the truth. She would, she smoke a lot of cigarettes now every single day. But now, when she, she lived to that lived. age, she, she lived to that age where she was mobile and healthy or? Yeah, she was. She was yeah, genuinely, yeah. yeah, she would. Because you she, can live to like 90, but you'll be crippled in a bed and you can't move be, for 20 years. No, 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 this wasn't the case. She wouldn't, she wouldn't want to go for a walk every single day, like exercise wise. Yeah. But she'd walk from, she'd walk, she had a big family, you see. She'd walk from caravan to caravan. Like yeah. literally, literally every day, yes. Yeah. And she'd be up and do her, um, she'd do her own cup of tea. You know, like stuff like that there. And what age did you say she was again? 84 years 84. of age. 84. Yes. And uh, when did she pass, can I ask? Uh, she's about nearly 10 years old now. So right. Yeah. But um, actually, I think she is ten years old. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, she was eighty four years of age, and as I said, she do her own little bit of breakfast and all stuff like that. She was the nanny. She was ah, she was a great great grandmother to a lot. She was the grandmother. She would have been um, she would have been the oldest woman on say as we call it on the caravan park. Was she your mommy's mommy or your daddy's mommy? She was my father's mother. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's right. So your father's mother lived, lived to 85 years of age and uh, did she have a husband? Um, she had a husband who died, so which was my grandfather. He died at 48. 48, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know the full extent of the story, but I think it was a heart, uh, heart problem, yeah. And on the mammy's side, what's the story about her mammy and daddy? On your mammy's me, side? My mother's side, my grandfather lived until like he was early 70s. Okay. Yeah. So that would have been like... And my grandmother average. was closely the same age as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that would have been, that's like the average. I think in the settled community, it's a little bit older. It's uh, because people retire from their working life at like 65, 66. Yeah. And the expectation is they have another maybe 10 to 15 years. 15 years. years. But what you're saying is you wouldn't know many travellers who are... Say seventy. No, I don't know. No, I would. I know. I'd know fair few travellers like say sixty five to seventy five. Okay, okay. But um, I wouldn't know a lot of travellers who would live to. No, I'm not saying either that seventy five is a big, big margin either. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I said a fair few. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing about the seventy five to eighty five. There would be very, very, very few travellers. Yeah. I couldn't. So that's what I'm saying, that that's kind of like. Uh, right now, if you ask me. That's kind of like the age. Now, if you ask me, right now, if you ask me, um, do I know one traveller right now, 84, 85 years of age? Yeah. No. No. Just as I said, my grandmother should live to live. Just off the top of your head. And you'd know, you know, you'd know a good lump of travellers. Like. I know a lot of travellers, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. of course. So why do you think that, um, I'm sure there's various reasons and I'm sure the doctors and the stat- the statisticians have well, loads of reasons, but why do you think that is? What is? That um, 
may, maybe travellers would l- wouldn't live as long as settled people? Um, I don't know the full extent to the reasons or the story, but I'd say I'd be guessing like, um, let's see straight up. Yeah, travellers didn't have life easy. Okay, that's being honest about right. As I told in our in our, in our previous podcast. Um, how travellers were brought up and now I'm not talking about every single traveller out there okay um, but I am saying for what I know of yeah how travellers were brought up and the rough life they had the rough upbringings in a sense where like you could say use the word livelihood is it okay um, lifestyle lifestyle yeah lifestyle so um, I'm guessing that that would have played a big part in it and what, like, what for instance what's, what's covered in the lifestyle uh, in what way do you mean? So you were going to say, for instance, what? Um, for instance, like, right, you're living in a caravan and you're, say, whatever length, modern times now we're living in caravans, okay? Yeah. We have a few, we have a few travellers living in, in houses, okay? Then they have the comforts, if you want to put it that way. Uh, in a caravan, you wouldn't have proper heating, Okay, you're talking so summertime you're grand, but wintertime... Uh, summertime is lovely in a caravan. Yeah. Wintertime, you're literally battered out of it. With the, 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 like, if you get the bad weather at all. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, the caravans then, they wouldn't, um, there wouldn't be proper insulation in them. They're just practically just put together, if you want to put it that way. Yeah. Like, caravans were never meant for, uh, for all year living, like. Yeah. Tra- caravans are a temporary accommodation. Whether you know but that, but there are permanent accommodation. There are permanent accommodation. There are permanent accommodation for me. There are permanent accommodation for all travellers. Yeah, all travellers that live in caravans. That live in caravans. Yes, because there's travellers in Ireland that live in houses. I just said that about yeah, houses. Yeah, yeah. yeah, there is travellers that live in houses, and they would have houses that are insulated with, with hot running water and. and well, they have the let's say they have the same sort of benefits as a settled person, as yeah, a tra- yeah, yeah. as a countryman, such as you. Now they wouldn't have the posh house that you have. I know that. Yeah. But then have a house, okay? Martin's trying to get a digging because so we have in, uh, Port Marnock. Port Marnock, yuppie. You're the yuppie, Dean. Yuppie. We, um, what I'm saying is that uh, whatever houses have today, probably, what, you tell me what the houses have, the comforts and the luxury of a house today. Well, you've got insulation, you've got central heating, you've got um, double glazed or triple glazed windows. Yes. Um, you've got hot water, baths or showers. Yes. Um, you also have Individual rooms, yes. You've got places you can go in your house where you can have quiet time or privacy. So you've got a lot of space. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you can be a lot. You can be on your own. It's very difficult for you to be on your own in your caravan. It's very difficult for you to find a time or there's space where there's not people there where you can go. Uh, I think. From my observations, if you want a quiet time or alone time, you probably need to head off somewhere. You know, is that true? Right. Tell me about the the comfort you have in a house. I want to hear that. Um, the comforts I have in a house. As a countryman, I suppose the the main comforts that you would have is you would have a double bed or a single bed with a quite a decent mattress on it. I don't know if you get them all the time in caravans. Well, yeah, you can have you can have any type of bed you want in a caravan or any type of mattress you want. Okay, okay. So that 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 comfort is down to your own choice if you, if you can afford it or not. Uh, the comfort is, I'd say, the the windows and the walls 
Like so, you have double glazed windows. Double glazed, glazed or triple glazed windows. And you said something about you have the hot, running hot water. Running hot water and hot and radiators. And, and so you have central heat. You so have central heat. The whole house to heat the water and the heat. The house. And this is all winter, all all, all winter round. Yeah? That's at the push of a bu- the push of a button all year round. Right. So everything is a tip of a switch then, yeah. Yeah. Really. Is that yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And also, here's another thing: your toilets in the house. You don't have to go outside uh, the across cold. the yard. Like I have to do basically. Like you have to do well, Like most poor, travellers poor, Who would be poor, in Most halting sites in poor, Ireland Poor me But I can manage I'm talking about older people It's sad for the older people Who have to do this And we do have older people Doing this like travellers wise Yeah It reminds me a little bit Of Mount Joy people. So the comforts we have In a caravan I'll say this It reminds me a little bit Of Mount Joy About people Slopping out It's 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 we shouldn't have this in a modern country, like you know what I mean, where you've got people in their sixties and seventies going from a caravan across a cold yard in the winter to go to a toilet. I'll tell you the comforts now that a lot of travellers have, right? Um, and 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 the luxuries is right. So you have a basic basic ordinary caravan. You might have two to three bedrooms. The three bedrooms for anyone that has no caravans would probably not make up the size of an ordinary decent bedroom in a house. Yeah. Altogether, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, central heating, no. So we, where we have like a double bed and a wardrobe in a room, you have three rooms in that space. That's exactly yes. Yeah, yeah. So the average caravan would be like, say, your small mobile home, right? Would be like from maybe thirty foot of length. Yeah. Um, maybe ten foot wide. Okay. Now, so you have your two to three bedrooms in this. Mainly two bedrooms in that size of a caravan. You have your small kitchen. You have your small sitting room. Um, so basically everything is small. You have your um, you have your toilet and bathroom outside the caravan. They call it like a a day unit. Yeah. Okay. Um. So you have your small kitchen on the outside, which would hold classes of kitchen. It would hold um like a washing machine and a dryer, uh running taps on the outside. Um then just within that vicinity as you call it, you'd have um a separate door for an outside well it's 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 inside the, the unit, but it's classes outside. Outside shower. Okay. And an outside toilet. So it's so yes, you have to uh Get up of your own, out of your own home, basically. You're, uh, you have to walk outside the door of that caravan to go outside, cross the yard to use whatever. If the woman wants to use, uh, as I said, a dryer or a washer, then same story with a shower and a toilet. So, if anybody was, for example, was in a, uh, you know, a caravan park in France for the holidays during the summer, they'd yes. be staying in a caravan, yeah. and across the road might be this building called Ablutions Block. Yeah, yeah, and in that you would have, um, simple cooking facility, simple shower and toilet facilities, and some washing facilities. Uh, so people would know what it is, but they, 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 they use it for maybe a week or two during the the hot season in a foreign country. Yeah, but see, the thing about it is, in the summertime, yeah, you're using this for a couple of weeks. Yeah, so it's um, it's home away from home if you're living in a house. Okay, so you can you can you can manage somehow, as again in the summertime you manage that you, you, it's not a problem for you to be walking outside, or using uh, whatever sort of these washing machines and dryers or whatever electrical yeah, in the ablutions. Yes, that's okay because 
you know what you're setting yourself up there for because you're actually booking that out as a holiday. Yeah. But you live if you were living in this all year round in the hail, rain and snow, freezing so, yeah, cold days. January, minus one degree. Yes. R- pissing the rain. Like they're, uh, the, wind, they're, the wind is the wind is howling. Yeah, I mean, it, the, the weather today we have, uh, for every one dry, dry or warm day we have, if you have one or two dry days, the chances are you have five, you have another three or four, uh, three or four wet or windy cold days. So you're living this these conditions literally all your life. Do you think that that affects your health? Uh, I think so. Yes. Yeah. Straight up, I think it does because people are using. Um, they use the the stove. Now, for anyone that doesn't know, people obviously know what stoves are, but for anyone that doesn't know what a stove is, it's a little metal thing that you put into your caravan. There's a chimney coming through the roof of the of the stove, out through the roof of your caravan. Mm-hmm. So you try to sort of insulate that as much as possible to make it safe. Um, the other thing about it is then you're using coal if you can afford it. Where are you using coal? No, they can use it if they want. Uh, if I'm saying is you can use coal if you can afford it. Yeah, yeah. You throw it into the stove. You light the fire in the oh, stove. All right, okay. That's what the stove is. It's a, it's a... So it's like a small little fire, is it? It is a fire, yes. Where is that? Like, in the kitchen, in the sitting room? It would be in the sitting room. Because okay. that, the, the reason it was built into the sitting room is because it's the main part of the caravan that's getting used. Yeah, yeah. Through the day is the sitting room. So small little small little fire stove uh, that you can burn built into the sitting room built into the sitting room that you can burn you coal can and fire burn on. coal yes a coal or you and can burn you can burn wood uh, basically do you have one of them in yours right now yeah, yeah. no not right now oh, I don't. okay I um only in the last I've had a stove yes in my caravan for the last like say probably 20, 28, 29 years obviously you wouldn't have central heating no no central heating this this is what I'm getting at yeah, yeah. this is where the stove comes in. Because there's no central heating. The modern caravans today, there is central heating in them. Okay. People have them on caravan sites. Call it, we call caravan sites holiday parks. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The thing about it is these modern caravans, it's not every traveller can afford a modern caravan. Do you get what I'm saying? So um, basically, if you can afford it, then you can have central heating. But that central heating is run by bottled gas. Okay. Now again, the bottle of gas. So it's not it's not piped in gas. It's not piped natural gas. Is it piped in water? I'm talking about central heating on holding sites no, or traveling sites. I'm, that's, that's the point I'm trying to make out to you here. The travellers caravan site. For anyone that would have, which I don't think there's many that has it straight up. Um, not many people that I know where I live anyway would have uh, central heating in their caravans, right? But for the one that would have the the, the central heating. They'll be using bottled gas. There's no natural gas. And these um these bottled gases, they're a headache to keep going because they're very, very expensive. So And that's assuming that you have plumbed water coming in as well. Yeah, considering you have that. Which most the of the problem don't. is they don't have the plumbed water. So if you have a caravan in a bay, there's no plumbed water, where well, do you get your water from? Let's you, put this you, way. you walk across the road to the ablutions block. You don't have a choice because for like for instance, the site where we're living, right? Yeah. And it's the same for a lot of sites. The water is running through the, the day unit. Yeah. So if you want plumbed water, there's either two ways. You have to pipe it up from, from the day unit, which you you would need uh, professional plumbers to do this, mm-hmm. for starters. But on the other hand, are you allowed to do it? You're, you're, you're digging into council property at that stage. Right. Uh, also, 
the other option is to dig across the to dig the tarmac across the yard yeah. for to run piping into your caravan for to have plumbed water as you call it so that's not the case so most holding sites caravan sites traveller sites in Ireland have caravans on them yes. and they wouldn't have water going into those caravans no, that's right uh, 99% of them so it's interesting because I was, I was listening to a thing today um, out of 200 million euro that was available for travellers and travel accommodation in mm. Ireland uh, over the last number of years let's say 10 years yeah. 78 million of it wasn't spent Yeah. and I tell you one of the first things that I would do although I'm not a traveller is get plumbed water into caravans if 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 what if the if they, to use that money up the council, if the council should do it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Saying, they should do it. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a basic necessity in life, isn't it? Like, obviously, it is. But water at the same time is a very important thing in our lives. Well, if you look, there's, there's this um, theory Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Yeah, yes. Maslow was this dude, and he came up with this hierarchy of needs. What, what needs do you are at the very bottom that everyone needs? Yeah. yeah, and in that, we have shelter and water, and then. The other needs come on top of that, like food, love, education, and so but on. But they're all classed as basic needs. They're absolutely they they're are, most basic. But they're important necessities, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, but that's 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 what we're, we're saying. So when you're when you have shelter, but you don't have plumbed water. No, that's right. And that's why I'm saying it reminds me of somewhere like Mount Joy, where, uh, you know, you have... Yeah, but the thing about it is... You it's, have um, a Victorian-style, uh, where you've... Or, or or the tenements, the tenement buildings here in Dublin in the in that got knocked down. Do you know the, something? I actually 50s. watched a little bit about that there. There, I was watching a documentary about um about a singer. Okay, yeah, and he came from the tenements buildings you're talking about in Dublin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it showed like certain parts of it, and I was actually to be honest, straight up. It was actually sad. To be honest about it. Yeah, because there was a lot of poverty in it, but the reality is that. Travellers are living in this poverty almost every day. Travellers are living... Now, I'm not speaking for every single traveller here because I can't. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't want to be offending tra- other travellers either, like, you know what I mean? Absolutely, yeah. I'm talking about things that I say myself, that I experience myself, and also the people around me kind of thing, you know what I mean? So people that I know, do you understand? That's close by if you want if you want to put it that way. The truth is, yeah, there is a lot of poverty involved, without a doubt. And yes, it takes a big impact on travellers' mental health. And uh, all sorts of health, to be honest. Look, but, I, um, I would find... Travellers to be reasonably unhealthy in their diet, in and in their mental health. You know what I mean? Yeah. As in, as in, um, the average traveller for me, their diet isn't. It wouldn't be a healthy diet. Yeah. What the what the food they're putting into their mouth. For for a lot of travellers, um, how to say this? I'm trying to say, think of the right word. Say this without, um, as the fellow says, for a lot of travellers, it's like, um. It's like you're fighting against a brick wall every day. It's like you're trying to get past that barrier, but there is no getting past it. What is the barrier? Well, the barrier can be a lot of uh, a lot of things. In a sense, where like um, we're talking about poverty for one, mm-hmm. we're talking about deprivation. I know it sort of boils back to the one thing. Yeah, and basically, uh, the fact that a lot of travellers straight up are pushed aside, uh, the councils themselves. They're not living up to what they should be doing. Now, I'm not, as again, I said this before on one of our podcasts, I'm not throwing the sympathy card out here or the, the discrimination card. That's not the case. This is the reality of it. 
Well, it's I'm not about you, crying wolf here. I'm telling you now, right? Let's say my community that I'm living in now. Yeah. I, I'm born and bred and buttered and starved in Ballymoan, but recently I, I'm, I'm out in Port Marnock. And I'm telling you, if there was 200 million euro over the last 10 years that was available for the community of Port Marnock yeah. and 78 million of that wasn't spent, there would be outcry, there would be uproar, there would be well, tables getting flipped and people getting sacked. I'll give you a small idea of that there now, right? In, um, in the site where we live, right? Yeah. We've had meetings after meetings for the past, like, say, 15 years, right? No. And it's all about, let's say, it's trying to, uh, you could call it, in a sense, um, basically it's about our sites, for starters, about just wanting to make it uh, look right, like correcting the basic needs in the site, on the site. Yeah. Right? Now, as a, as an address we use it as, say, Margaret's Park, that is the name of the site, St. Margaret's Park, okay? But the thing about it is we call it a site because we're so used to, you know, through the years, where you live, we're living on a site. Yeah. St. Margaret's site, right? There's been a lot of arguments with the council because the council are not stepping up to, like at the end of the day, the council owns that site. They're the landlords that site. And you pay rent. We pay rent on it. And we've, we've been paying rent for the length we're in it. We're years and years and years on the site. And the rent is getting paid in it, right? Now, the thing about it is, uh, if there's a problem at a site, we should be able to call the council and say, look at, there's a problem here with such and such. Uh, we should be able to say, look at, we want our water plumbed into our caravans. Yeah, so if there's a problem, the first thing in, they'll talk about a problem inside your caravan, like there's, if there's a problem inside the council house. No, they don't take responsibility for that. You sort that out yourself. But there's a you problem have, outside... If if there's a council house in Ballymoan and they don't have water going yeah. from the street into the house, the strange thing about it is call the council and the council will be there in the morning. I know that that's for sure. The strange thing about it is we're paying rent on on for um how would I say this? We're paying uh, rent for it's like house rent. Yeah. Okay, but the only thing about it is we have our own caravans, which are not the greatest. But the point about it is we're um. We literally should be only paying ground rent, if, if that makes any sense. Can I ask, uh, just so we clear up, the caravan that's in the bay, that's on the ground. We own them ourselves. You own that. That's your property. Yeah, but the thing about it is these caravans are old. old well, I've old. been up in your place and, and recently we got a number of them checked and they were like 40 years old, 30 years old. Some of the caravans, straight up, yes. There's an old lady up on our site, right? And she had, no, she had a caravan there. She was like 70... I'm guessing 70, 72 years, 71, 72 years of age, right? And she's not in the best of health, to be honest about And she had an old caravan there. And the truth is, the caravan could have been probably anything up to 30 years old. Maybe more, I don't know. I'm just, I'm guessing the, the, the age of it. No, but that's one of many. It's because people can't afford them. So just to put that into perspective, right? So 30 years ago from now is like 1990. Right? 1990, probably, as I said, from 25, 30 years old. Okay, so imagine you went to a nice holiday camp site in France. Yes. And you turned up and the fella goes, how's it going? That's your caravan over there. We're giving you the special one in the corner there. That's from 1990. You you'd, wouldn't... You, you wouldn't, you'd go, you'd, no, I'll take one that's like brand new. You'd walk away from it, yeah. You'd go, I'm, I'm not going in there. No, no. There's no insulation, there's no heat, the place is falling apart. No person that would have a choice... Would 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 go into it? 
Yeah. They would automatically turn away from They'd it. They'd say, we'll take the one with the double glazed windows and, yeah. the, and the heating and That's the right. air conditioning and the plumbed in water and the plumbed in this and that and the other. Yeah. So um, that's just, as I said to you, dear, that's just a reality. And then you go into them and you go, by the way, I'm bringing the 85-year-old uh, grandmother in. Yes. Can we throw her into the, the 1990 yeah. model there? You see, the thing about it is that the caravans now on the, on the, like people can turn around and say, hold it for one second. These caravans are not that bad. We go on holiday, we go to such a park, we go here and we see such a caravans. Absolutely. Go, if you if you go to holiday parks now, even around Ireland, yeah. I go from here to England, and go on to holiday parks, you will see state-of-the-art mobile homes. Yeah. And these things, you could live in them every single... You could... Be honest, they call them residential. You could live in them all year round if you wanted to. That's how nice and well-built they are. They're fully insulated, uh, sides, roof, and floor. They have built-in bathrooms and showers You, you in, in them. Say, built-in, proper built-in kitchens. With them, do you know these things on them? The washers, dryers, all that stuff. For yeah, women. yeah, yeah. Dishwashers, dryers. women want to use, yes. They're on board. Everything's on board. Uh, they have uh, all central heating the whole way through. Now, they're actually making caravans bigger also. They're making them like, have between like 36 and 42 foot in length. Which is like. They're actually making them bigger than that. Which is like three rooms stuck together rather than a 30 foot one by 10 foot, which is like two rooms yeah, stuck it's together. Yeah, like, uh, straight up, it's like uh, you're moving it from an, an old car that you've had here for years. It's roughed up and cold and damp or whatever it might be anyway. But the thing about it is, you're, um, you're going from that into the lap of luxury. Yeah. And it's still only a caravan. Yeah. No matter how you look at it. And they were, they were designed for temporary living. But they're making them so good now but the truth is, even a, even a man with a good job probably couldn't afford one of them. Yeah. They're so expensive. They're probably more efficient as well in terms of, like, heating them. I wouldn't imagine that heating your caravan from November to March is, is cheap. No. If you have an old caravan at all, the thing about them is they don't hold the heat. If you have, like, the majority of, of uh, I'm saying the majority, like, for instance, I would use a couple of electric heaters. Yeah. That's because, now, when I did have a stove in my caravan, I'd also have a heater down the down the room, basically. Yeah. Because the, the stove wouldn't, the heat wouldn't... There's no way for the heat to transfer it, from it that room. It wouldn't travel that far, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're basically cozy in the sitting room. Now, this is not just me. This is for a lot of travellers also. I'm talking about a lot of travellers I know that live the same lifestyle as I've lived. Yeah, obviously there's people, uh, there's, there's what I would call outliers, there's people who have the big, huge, fancy caravan with the plumbed in this and that, but that's not the majority of travellers. It's very rare. It's very rare. Honestly, it's very rare. Yeah, yeah. So the majority of travellers would be living in a very similar, normal, uninsulated caravan like you, with, yeah. un, with not with plumbed in water and with, not, with no heat and plumbed. That's right. Yeah. And the grand during the summer months from May, June, July, August, September, but come October, November, some you're starting uh, to feel the chill. Some sites have um have bigger day units, uh maybe something in the width of maybe fifteen foot by maybe thirty foot length. Yeah, where you it's uh you could put a, like a settee into it or a TV, and maybe a stove or a range built into it. So that supplies a good bit of heating. But it's a day unit, so you'd use that for the day. And then, for instance, you want to 
your car, use your caravan at night. So you could have an electric heater running in the caravan at night. That sort of stuff. And it's on all night in the room? Well, you probably wouldn't leave it plugged in at night because it wouldn't be safe. Yeah. That's not to say that you wouldn't be cold at night. Yeah, yeah. You don't, you don't, you don't want to be leaving electric heaters plugged in all night. Through. So you turn it off, you get cold because you don't hold the no, heat. No, because you're thinking of the safety side of it. So you, you put up the cold. So when you fall asleep, you know that your heater is off because... You know how plugs get hot and yeah, yeah, yeah. it can be dangerous. Like you know what I mean. So you've got so that. You, you've got that proper so cold that I would have experienced in the eighties in Ballymoan before central heating, where your toes are freezing. Now you have it. But the thing about it is, what I'm saying, and back to the heating part of it again, where you don't have the option of leaving heaters on at night. Again, I said it's too. It, it is too dangerous. Well, you, uh, so even if you wanted to or not, you can't do it. Well, most people would know a super sir, which is like a gas. Uh, yeah, we used to no, we used to use the super stars. Yeah. Like for instance, my parents now, yeah, and their generation, they would have used the, the super star was a luxury at the time for them. But you know that you're not leaving a super star on when you're going you to can't, bed. You can't because you won't wake up. You, you know how you have um, no today how you have in the in the um, these the house boilers call them, isn't it? They're um, say the central heat for instance. Yeah, there's a boiler that you that runs that right, which is run by gas. I know that part, right? Yeah. Uh, then you have the, the carbon monoxide side of it. Is that right? Very good, yeah. Right. Well, if you went back 30 years and you had a superstar, which I know you're saying that you probably used them yourselves back then when there was no central heating, but they used to leave a glass of water on top of them. Yes. Because the fumes that was actually coming from that superstar heater would have been carbon monoxide, but then carbon monoxide wasn't a big thing back then, was it? We we yeah we didn't Do you get we I'm didn't saying? have carbon monoxide alarms in our house that and so kind of on. thing and they probably had a very rare knowledge of it, but also these this glass of water then was meant to consume the fumes for however for whatever reason and however it worked yeah but it somehow seemed to work, but not saying it took away at all but this this was something that you still couldn't use at night you had to knock that heater off before you went to bed because. So it was dangerous. So that must have an effect. So on you had no choice. Beer the cold. To beer the cold, although you have a heater sitting there beside you, but it has to be switched off. So there's a few things for safety here. reasons. I'm throw them out. Right, one is the the heating. Uh, cold in the winter that must have an effect on your health over, say, 30, 40 years of your life. Well, yeah. let, let's put it this way: we ha- I'm talking here about older people, right? It would yeah. have a big effect on older people. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, so if say, let's say somebody... would have a bigger effect on kids. Let's say somebody is 50 years of age, which is your age. Yes. Yeah? For the next 30 years, please God, yes. you're going to be in a caravan that during four or five months of the year yes. is freezing. Literally, That's yes. going to have an effect on your health. Yes, but the thing about it is, me personally, I'm gone so useful, I don't... I don't, I don't uh, whether or not you're used to it doesn't mean, doesn't, mean there. It, doesn't mean it doesn't affect your I health. Would have pity, I would have a lot of pity for the, um, the, the older people, basically. Yeah. Uh, for the kids. That's the, that's the people that, that, they're the people that I'd be more worried about. More than yeah, myself. Look, you're a big, strong, burly man. You're not going to be worrying about a bit of cold. I'm saying there's unknown effects to that cold on your health over a 30-year period. Uh, there probably is. Yeah, there probably is. But as I said, Dean, what I'm saying is that if whatever effect it might take, um, it would take a bigger effect on older people and younger kids. Yeah. Do you get what I'm uh, saying? Uh, yeah, and especially if they, were, if they were ill, if they yeah. were infirmed, if they, they had have any kind, kids of, getting out, any kind uh, of virus. 
Then you have kids getting out in the mornings, right? With with no options or no choices, the fellow would say. And they got it up in the mornings. So you have to have try and have a bit of heating up and running there for them in the winter times. So you don't want just any little bit of heat at all to get the kid out for bed, out of bed for school. So the way it is now in most homes, for example, you'd have an app on your phone and you'd have a programme to turn on at half six in the morning for a half an hour. Uh, would you have that luxury, Dings? I don't. Uh, I don't, but a, a lot of people do. Not there's, a lot of travellers. There's, there's, there's an app on their phone right. and it goes, right, we're up in the morning, the kids are up, get the heating going there, f- flare the heating up there at half past six and make sure the floors are, are, are warm. And yeah, that's great. That's you sounds, know what I mean? That sounds, that sounds very nice. It sounds cushy, that uh, Yeah, Dean, but as I said again, look, at t- I know this all started off with health, but yeah, it boils back to the one thing, people's health, of course. Absolutely. If you haven't got these small little luxuries in your life, sure, it's obvious it makes life that bit harder. They're not even, these aren't luxuries. These they're are not, basic. No, they are to some people. These are basics. No, they're basic, but I'm telling you now, they're luxuries to some people. Believe me. Absolutely. If but you're they, but, living in a house yes. and you have a flick of a switch and you have the, the that switch turns on all your heating, yeah? Or however you set your timers and stuff like that there, yeah? Then you go there and you have your hot water running for you, you have your showers or your baths or everything, and it's all in the one area. Everything is in comfort. Now, them things mightn't be a luxury to the man that's living in them all his life. But believe me, to the, to a lot of the a lot of the traveller community, they are a luxury mm-hmm. if they have them, but they don't have them. Yeah. Do you see what I'm talking about now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I that's it. when it becomes it's a ba- they are the basic necessities in life, but they also become a luxury when you haven't got them. Very good, yeah. Does that make any sense? Yeah, no, it does. Makes perfect sense. So now this is what I'm talking about. It's like a man that has not has no car and he's walking to work every morning. Yeah, the necessity for him is a car, but he doesn't have it. So when he gets his car, it becomes a luxury for him. Very good, yeah. But the man that has it has it has that necessity every single day. It's no more a luxury for him. It's a normal thing. Yeah, and he doesn't. It doesn't enter his head that somebody mightn't have that. Yes, no, yeah, and have that it. not having that might affect their health. Yeah, because if you have to walk, well, I'll be honest with you, you have to walk five kilometers stuff, every morning in the place a lot of, of the this rain. stuff is to blame. The, like I'm not as I said again, I'm not looking for someone to blame here or throwing that blame card out. In all honesty, a lot of this stuff is is to bl- is the councils to blame. Well, I tell you what, Martin, if you had what would you think of that? If you had two hundred thousand euro. Yeah, in yes, your pocket. Yes. And you were to do a, a job in your caravan. Yeah. And I came to you in a couple of years' time and said, did you spend that €200,000? And you said, well, I only spent 100000 of it. I'm at the keeping the other 100000 What if it, what if, what if I told you I didn't spend none of it at all? What would happen? Well, depending on who I am, yeah. I would either shut up, put up, yes. or... Rip yeah. you apart, right? So basically, what 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 was uh, is this? What we're seeing here? I'm trying to get a picture here, right? Yeah. Um, some guy puts a hundred thousand in my hand. Yeah. And he says to me, Martin, look, there's five people over there. Mm-hmm. They each of them needs such and such and such a thing. Yeah. Will you take care of them people with that money? But of course, uh, twelve months down the line, five years down the line, these people are still in the same needs, and I have a hundred thousand euros in my pocket. So I haven't spent that 100000 on the things that needed spending. But I, I'm going to even add it more. Those people are paying you rent. 
Yeah, that's even more secure, yes. And the money that you're spending isn't yours. It comes from their friends. Yes. Other, other, so other people around the country who are their so friends. So the reality of it is it's not, it's not my money. No. It was only, my two hands were only used, taking them one hand, yeah. passing out on the other. But what I done, I took it in one hand and I didn't pass it out in the other. You took it in one so hand, that's what we're you didn't pass it out the other, and, and, we and, have and some, you gave dog's abuse to the people you were meant to give it to. We have some nice, um, we have some nice councils who operate that way. Yeah. Did, 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 did you not know about that thing? No. I think, I think you're being a bit sarcastic. I'm not, yeah, well, I am being sarcastic. I'm, I'm being straight up sarcastic. Yeah. And I'll explain to you where the sarcasm comes in, right? Some councils, right, the government will give them um, a certain amount of money, yeah? And say, look at this is to spend, not like literally spend on the, 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 the traveller community, but they are saying, here, look at there is certain needs in their lives. We want you to go and fix them things. Okay, now, um, but the councils, some of them, want to do a great job here. We want to let the government think that everything is sorted here. They're not in need of anything here, the, the travelling community. All the needs So what we're met. going to do is, we're going to spend a, a small few bob and maybe clean up the place. Just a small, uh, we'll take a few small boxes here, but we'll make it look like it's big. So what we'll do, we'll, we'll fill in a page... Of all small ticks, yeah? So now it looks like we're doing something here, okay? It's like when the Queen goes around, they paint the, they paint the whole town up. Exactly. So there's a smell of fresh paint everywhere. That's right. But actually what's going on is they're kicking the homeless people off the streets That's so right. the Queen doesn't see them. 100%, exactly. So now um, you have certain councils who uh, there's money granted to them, but it's granted to them for to use on keeping things right in the travelling community. So you have councils who say, look at uh, everything is sorted. We don't need that money. We're going to give back to you. So they hand that money back to the governments. They probably take a bit of it as I don't know. But anyway, then you have the other council who say, "Look, we will. We spend a small bit on them, and we give the rest back." Then you have the, the other council who might say, "Look, there is a few things to be done here. Let's go and do them." But it's very rare, mm-hmm. very, very rare in the traveller community. Yeah, that's the exception. The exception the majority is of uses, councils. The exception is that somebody uses the whole budget. The rule is that most of them don't use all the budget. Watch this. The majority of councils are handing the money back to the governments. So now, um, how, how it looks here now, right? Uh, Dean, you're working for me, right? I'm, I'm, I'm the government official here. You're the councilman, yeah? I'm saying to you, Dean, there's a certain amount of money go and spend on that traveller site there. But then you'll come back to me six months later and I'm asking you... Uh, Dean, how are you going on with that money you spend on the traveller community and the travellers that needed such a thing down here? This this needed fixing, that needed fixing. And you're saying to me, No, Martin, I didn't use that money. Well, I'm, going to, I'm going to give back to you now because everything's above board. So now you're looking good now, aren't you? Yeah. So I'm saying, Look at here. Fair play to Dean. He's, he's doing a great job here. He's not wasting my money. But the reality of it is that it didn't need to be wasted, it needed to be put to good use. Yeah. So you didn't put it to good use then. So what am I, am I saying to you, listen, I need to go down there and check that to that you've done your job. Yeah, but nine times out of ten is not checked. So Who's doing no, the checking? No, no, no. This no, this thing about it is it's 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 based on trust then, isn't it? Yeah. So I'm trusting you, Dean, to give you money to go and help out that site there and fix it up, do what we done with it. But you'll come back to me and say, Look at it doesn't need fixing up. There's your money back. We spent such a much on small things, all right. So now Dean is a good guy. Why? He's doing a great job here. He didn't waste our money. Do you understand? But it's happened too often. 
Can you picture where it come from? So the money's going back to the government again, aren't they? Um, in two ta- in two thousand nine. Well, hopefully it's going. To, hopefully it's going back to the government or not. Or not well, a yeah, but I, or a black hole. Go on. Right. Yes. Now you have it. The other thing about it is from two thousand nineteen to two thousand twenty one. We're in two thousand twenty two now. Okay. Yeah. So we go to we're going to go with early two thousand twenty two. There was sixty nine million euros given in to the councils to actually help the traveller community. But when I say help the traveller community, I'm not saying take money and put it into their hands. That wasn't the case. It was to actually uh, deal with the accommodation issues. Mm-hmm. Right? In other words, there's a site there that needs repairs, it needs cleaning up, it needs fixing up. There's such things broken that you have to fix that stuff. So it's mainly down to maintenance. Not a fraction of this 69 million was spent. Like up until um, say October and November of um, of two thousand and twenty one, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like we're living in in fresh times here. You know what I mean? We're not living in the old ages, like you know. Yeah, it's modern times. We're all the mod, modern all the mod cons, right? So up until then, right, there was absolutely nothing done around around that site where we where we live. Where you are now, it's a thirty b site. It it's meant to to let's say house thirty families. Only in the last six years, they redone the electricity on it. The electricity was more times off than on. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it now, like, well, it'd be like the eighties when I grew up in Ballymun. There was blackouts every couple of months. Now you have it, but this, no, this was happening now almost every. Seriously, a week wouldn't go by without a black a blackout on the site. That's what I'm talking about. So it took them years and years and years and years to even recognise that problem. But yet, the people on the site were ringing the council offices almost every single day. Almost every single day saying they had a problem with their electricity. And how it was done on how it was done on the site was that um, the connections was coming from whatever sort of supply, yeah? If one bay went off, there was guaranteed four bays as we call them bays, yeah, that's yeah, where yeah. our caravans are based. They're yeah. all connected, they'd all go off. Four at the one time would go off. Now, if this happened to you on, um, say, a Friday afternoon, then your electricity wasn't getting back on until Monday, Monday morning or Monday afternoon. So you had, uh, say, a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. You were literally four days without your electricity. So we like if we like if if the power went off in house number four. Now, are you telling me house that six, seven, eight, and nine were also off? That's right. Yeah. yeah. So now you had four different families basically because one house in. because because the trip switch went in one house. The four must have go off. Yeah, yeah. So you have thirty bays, with um whatever if you if you divide that into fours, okay. Se- seven. So basically, uh, if if my electricity went off, for instance, which mm-hmm. it happened many and many time. I could automatically say to you, yeah, well, such and such a one is off now as well. So you'd know that there was a problem coming from the main supply. So it took them years and years and years to sort a problem out. For whatever reason it was happening, nobody up to this day, nobody knows. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure somebody knows. I'm sure it's just an electrical wiring thing. Uh, it could have been something where... Um, I'm sure they didn't bother our arse telling you, though. No, it could be a thing where they had different phases of, 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 of uh, electrical cables, like for different strengths. Yeah, yeah. That there wasn't enough power on these cables... To actually run four bays. So when did that get sorted out? About six or seven years ago. So it's uh, twenty twenty. So now that's another what years luxury. Now? 20 what? That's another luxury they have. Yeah. Let's imagine twenty eighteen is the year 
and there's power cuts constant in on a site. Uh, no, honestly, it was a constant thing. So that that that's that's going back to uh, people's health again. So you're lifting darkness, you're lifting the freezing cold. If you have a, if you're lucky enough to have a stove in your caravan, you'll throw your uh, your wood and bits and pieces into it. Okay, so at least you might have a bit of heat. But for the people that didn't have stoves, they were using electric heaters. So therefore, your electric is off. You have no heating now, have you? Because you don't have a stove. Then you have no lighting. Sometimes what they have to do then is like, think of a way to create some sort of lighting, light or, or heat. Go on, tell me how. Uh, it wasn't very easy, to be honest with you. How would you do it, Martin? Come on. Well, if you, as I said again, if you, if, you, if you were lucky enough to have a stove, yeah, you had your bit of heat. That was your heat then, wasn't Where it? Where would you get the power from? And the power, you'd be going off looking to get a generator. Okay. Some people would keep a generator on standby. Now, these generators wouldn't be big expensive, yokes. And would you come off a local lamp or anything like that? Uh, you could, um, no, 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 it'd be very dangerous. No. be yeah. very, very dangerous. No. Um, if you had your generators on a standby. Well, you got your family in there and all that. You don't want to be taking a risk coming off a lamppost or, or, or batteries or something like that. You know what very, I mean? Very, very dangerous. Yeah. The thing about it, if you if you were lucky enough to have um, a generator, for the person that didn't have a generator, they'd look for the next person that would have one Maybe in a, in another site. So this is a little like a little where they could a borrow little it. Diesel out, outside. Someone would be petrol or diesel. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And you just pull that pull that string and she'd flare up. I tell you what. I tell you what. I tell you. That'll give you a bit of power. I'll tell you what it'll be. It'd be like um, a petrol lawnmower without the blades. Right. Very good. That's it. That would be the uh, a description. And you'd for you. power your house or your, so, sorry, no, your caravan. It wouldn't, it wouldn't give you great power. No. Yeah. It would power like a, a TV and maybe a light. Okay, that, that you'd want to have a, a good, a good. Paint a picture like uh, this is like me in Ballymun in the eighties yeah. when we were knee deep in poverty and it was people shared and filled and um, there's no central heat and there's no hot water. The gaff is freezing. You've got uh, blankets and coats over the kids in the bed. Well, there you go. That's so, in the eighties. So was that, that, that was that acceptable in the eighties? Was it acceptable in the eighties? Is, is that a song? Is it? Or was it just a reality? It was of it? acceptable in the? That was just a reality <laughs> for a lot of working class people in places like Ballymun, Finglas, or whatever. I'm sure around the country as well. Yeah. Uh, but then we got central heating. So then, yeah, then we got who, then we got double glazed windows. Who helped them to get out of that? Who helped them to get out of that? Dublin City Council in this community. They they gave grants for uh, double glazed windows for central heating and Very so on. Very good, yes. Um, because we were paying rent in their property, and so they were the landlord. So basically, the council, the local council, we call it, yeah, um, helped to improve your life situations. Yeah, yeah. But now, they didn't do a great. They didn't do a great job in this community because. Uh, you know, there's stories about uh, Dublin City Council and Ballymun residents are are notorious. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Well, when you were but talking, they done about an awful lot better job than they done with the travelling people up in the corner of Ballymun. This is what I'm trying to get at. When you were um, when you were saying you were living in a is it a house or a flat you're living in? Oh, I was in uh, at the time, a flat, house. a tower, and a house, but mainly forty in a house. years ago. Yeah, yeah, mainly right. in a house. Right then. So basically, um, forty years ago. The council gave grants, that was said. Yeah. To for double glazed windows. Yeah. They put central heating into the houses. Yeah. Um, right. Uh on the traveller side mm. of it, that's not happening today in never mind forty years ago. So it might sound it might come across that Martin is painting a, a picture or no. giving out or moaning. 
Uh, but Whoa. I know Martin and you can probably hear from his voice. He's not the poor me. He's not the, you know, playing the traveller card or the racist card or anything like that. He's painting the picture I'll tell you what of I'm... modern Ireland and how travellers in modern Ireland live. And the reality and, of it. And, and the conditions, it's, it's, the lifestyles. Yeah, it's not, it's not about, uh, this is not about discrimination or this is not about uh, pity or it's not, it's not, that's not the case whatsoever. We're simply having a chat here about the reality of things in Ireland, yeah, in the travelling community. Now, what we, I know we we're talking about health issues, okay, but this is part of tra- this is part of the health issue. Absolutely, on the, tra- the traveller side of it, Martin. You can tell me about the about the the countryman side of it if you want. Yeah, I, I'll tell you that about that now. Here is the countryman side of it. In the tenements, 40, 50, 60 years ago, there was people sharing bathrooms and kitchens. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, toilets, outside toilets. Yeah, 50 years ago. 50, 60 years ago. Right, yeah. Oh, hold on. 1950s, right? Which is like 70 years ago. 1950s and 1960s. There were still right. people in tenements in Ireland. Right. In Dublin. Um, 10 families in one block in one in one old tenement, um, sharing an outhouse, sharing a bathroom outside, and right. they were riddled with disease. They had uh, all types of disease. They had rats and all that type of stuff. Right. We got rid of that in this country, uh, and we brought in who got rid of the councils, is it? Uh, the government and the council, yeah, the government's very good. Like the, the government and the council built this community here in Ballymun. They got the land off UCD. And they built this uh, utopia called Ballymun. And in the houses here, in, in the flats here in 1960, the end of the 60s, we had permanent hot water, permanent heating, and um, really good windows. Right. So, and that was 50 years ago. You have, you're saying the councils fixed up the houses, they put double glazed windows, they put central heating in. Yeah, but then also, but then also, fifteen years ago, they regenerated the whole community at a cost again, of a billion euro. Yeah, again, yeah, which, yeah. which rightly so, the people deserve it. Without, and as we're talking about a settled community, they, they do deserve it because they they want to be living a, in a healthy um, environment. Forty years ago, which seems a long, long time, but it's not right. When the when the when the when the council was doing all of that, Saint Margaret's Park, Ballymun Caravan Side, yeah, yeah was just a plain tarmac ground. Okay. Mm-hmm. No walls in between. No, say, what you call, toilets, no washrooms, no, nothing at all whatsoever. So it's like a car park. No, I'll tell you what they had. They had a little, small, little galvanised toilet. Um, I'm sure people remember this anyway. They used them on mm. building sites. So it was like a car park with a bleeding hut on it. Th- that's No, that's what it was. So you had one of them... You had one tap, just one tap, yeah, for thirty bays, thirty for thirty families, and I was down at the very bottom of the site, where the say where the entrance was, yeah, to the site, okay, and basically you'd see the um, well, we all had to do it. You'd push the churn can, yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a, um, a churn can. If you don't know what a churn can is, would have been a creamery can, right? It'd be about four foot in height, yeah? And they used to use them in the farms for holding milk. Like a big silver um, canister. It was made of aluminium, Aluminium, yeah, sorry. Big aluminium can with a lid on it and two handles, yeah? 
So you push that down and you get the, you could actually roll it. You fill that with water and that was your water. Now you might do this a couple of times a day. Yeah. That was your water supply at the time. And would that have a tap on it? No, there would have been, no, there was a lid. Was like, you take the lid off it. You take the lid off Some it. Some of them, yeah. Some of them used to have the... How would you get the water over? Just put your, your, your whatever. Or put a jug in Turn it. Turn it on one side, the girls maybe, back then, say, the mothers are the, the bigger girls or Turn it and put the, throw, maybe throw the water from that into a basin or a pot or a burner, whatever they'll be using. Where were you getting electricity from? There was no electricity. That's the point of getting that. So there was there was one tap given water. There was no electricity. There was absolutely Where no... Where was the heating from? There was no heating. Same was story. 30, 35 years ago? Yeah, you'd have to fit a range. You know what a range is, don't you? Yeah. Now, the old houses today, I know that you still use ranges probably, but these ranges would have run their central heating and stuff in the houses. Um, the range would be, uh, as you know, a hot plate on top. Yeah. So you put your range in and just burn what you want in it. Wood, coal, brickets, anything you can get. Whatever means you had of heating the place up. So that would be the main course of heating. And would you cook on that as well? But then this went on for years and years. Yeah, they cook on it also. Yeah. This, this went on for years and years and years then, up to the same thing as a stove. So stove and a range, the only difference was a stove was smaller. So there's, there's loads of things coming into my head. One is that the government just announced that they're going to help people retrofit their houses. They're already insulated houses yeah. with central heating and they're going to help them, give them grants yes. to help them insulate these houses more. Yes. You know what I mean? Because they're inefficient, well, a, because they're losing energy. Well, it's a sign that... Uh, it's a sign that the government didn't want anything to do with travellers. Simple as. Look, at, we give them a bit of ground, let them pull onto it if they want. If they don't find it, they move along. But we'll do as less as possible for them so then they have no choice to move along. But the fact, the reality of it is that they didn't they didn't have a choice moving along or even staying, if that makes any sense. So they stood because they didn't have no other options, but it looked like the, 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 the councils and the governments wanted them to move them along. But where would you move to? Move to another council. Go move, shift. And go and get the same treatment. Yeah. So what what was the sense of moving off that site and travelling down the road maybe 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 miles, whatever, yes, and moving on to another site, the same thing, and still getting the same treatment, maybe worse. So there was there would have been no, as I said, no running waters, no electricities. Um, these toilets that they use in, in building sites, they were there for years and years and years. From about 1985 to 1997, there was no electricity on that site. Now that's in ninety. That's up to nineteen ninety seven. Yeah. So we're still living in modern times. Yeah. Think of it that way. And there was no electricity. There was concrete units. You could call them a shed if you want, but the, 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 what only made them different from a shed is they were made of concrete. Yeah. Yeah. And everything in them says taps, sinks, toilet pots. Everything was all made of steel. This was a prison unit. Yeah, it was like it was like it was built to last, but like yeah, bo- bombproof. It like, was you know uh, I mean? anti. Uh, what do you call it? Oh, I have the word in. I'm trying to can't I can't find the word. Think about it. There's no rush. In other words, you could not do no damage to this. Um, these things were built to last forever. You couldn't damage these with a. That's what I'm saying. They were bombproof. It was like something you'd put into a prison or into a military uh, unit or something like that. Yeah. There were uh, you there was couldn't, nothing luxurious about it. Let's say luxurious. 
you couldn't damage these things with a JCB. <laughs> I'm telling you, <laughs> I know that sounds sounds funny to you, Dean, but that's that is a fact. That is a reality. No, just the way you said it, it sounded funny. You could not damage them with a JCB, and that's the truth. There's yeah. no doubt about that. Anti-vandal, I think they're the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anti-vandal or something, right? Yeah, we can vandal proof. They were, yeah, they were anti anti vandal anti vandal proof, yeah, something like that. Anyway. <laughs> Alan, I, I'll Jane, take anti vandal proof. I told you before we started here, I didn't have no education, all right. Yeah, I can't think of the word for that, right? <laughs> anyway, listen, um, there was still no electricity, and everything was outside again still up to up to as it is now. The only thing that has changed when I do when I really think of it now is the fact that the site has electricity. There's outside lighting on the site now. Yeah, public lighting outside, yeah. yeah. So, but that wasn't on the other site. It wasn't on the site before that. Because there was, there was literally... So if you're walking around or driving around at night, you, I can, could, you can uh, see people. No, you could actually walk into somebody and you wouldn't know you were, You could bump into them and you, <laughs> and you wouldn't know it. Pitch dark, literally. Pitch dark on the sites that, that, that you'd be living on. Now, I'm not just talking here about me. I'm not just talking about uh, Margaret's Park and Ballymun. I can honestly say this was probably every site around around Ireland. I, I'm going to give you a bit of my perspective. I was on. I've been on different sites over the last uh, number of years. Um, St. Margaret's Park is where I spend most of my time hanging out with you. But I've been up in, say, a Villa Park or up in Dunsink, and there you, you could go around Ireland comparing parks, and some of them aren't as bad as others. St. Margaret's Park is is okay, but there are some. There are some places that are just left, and there, you know, if, if you want to do a bit of research yourself on it, um, out there, there are places that basically don't have anything. They've no running water. They've no electricity. And I remember I was in a project with um, a couple of mates of mine, uh, a big mural project up there, and we painted a mural inside one of the houses uh, up beside Saint Margaret's Park. And I brought this London guy, this rapper, this grime artist in from London. He was doing a tour. Um, and we brought him in. His name is Skepta, and we showed him around uh, St. Margaret's Park. And he said to me, he said, I've just travelled the world, and I've never seen anywhere like this. He said, what is this place? He's never seen anything as bad as that. He's never seen anything as bad as it. He said he just, he just came off a world tour. We drove his bus up into St. Margaret's Park. He got out of the bus, and he walked around. And he was almost in tears, like, he was a singer, wasn't he? He was a rapper, yeah. Rapper, yeah. He was almost in tears. It's a strange he was a young, thing. A young black rapper from London, and that was his first observation of this place. It was like, wow, what is this place? Um, and that's not the poor me or whatever. This is just a reality of how travellers are living in that's Ireland what we're talking about. in 2022. Most settled people, most country people, they just don't know. They just don't know. They've never seen this. I would say the majority of travel, the majority of settled people in Ireland have never been on a halting site. Um, the majority of Irish people have never had a conversation with a traveller that's beyond, do you want to buy a car off me? Yes. You know? And it's fascinating. And that's why I said in, in episode one, I am fascinated by travelling people. I'm concerned about travelling people. I'm inspired by travelling people. I want to work with support, help, embrace, empower travelling people. Um, it does me an awful lot of good and I hope it does travelling people some kind of good. Uh, and if they, if they get nothing out of it at all other than a bit of a voice on a podcast, that's plenty. Yeah. Um, I, I work here 
Um, I'm a community worker. I'm trying to change the culture in my community in relationship in relation to how they see themselves, how the police see them, how the uh, Dublin City Council see them. Um, and I'm including the travelling people in that. Um, Strange enough, Dean, um, some of the councils, as you, when you speak about councils, and you say how the councils see them, some of the councils don't see them at all. They don't see them at all. They don't right. want to see them. And we've been down that hole. We have, we have, we have, again, I want to make one thing clear. This is not just about me, or it's not just about the people who live around me. This is happening in a lot, a lot, a lot of parts of Ireland. A lot of Ireland, and I'm, I'm, I could probably use the word saying, look, it's happening all over Ireland. Yeah. If that's the right word to use. I would say if it's so not it. happening in, in a place, in a, say a traveller site or a camp or a holding site, it's rare if it's not happening. If if the total um, disregard for travelling people isn't happening in a specific location, that's that's rare. If they're yeah. being treated with humanity and dignity and respect, that's rare. Uh, the opposite is the reality. The opposite is Every single day they're being treated like they're on rung minus one of the ladder, like yeah. they're subhuman. Like nine, nine, hey, let's say for instance, right, nine times out of ten, right, you'll hear a traveller talk, yeah? Almost that amount of times, a, a conversation will come about uh, discrimination, about how travellers are treated and the fact that they've been ignored for so long, yeah? But you have to understand that that's just the way travellers feel. Yeah. That's exactly how they feel. And they're trying to voice their opinions. Then you, the chances are you'll be looked at like, oh, hold on for one second. The travellers always complain. The travellers are always throwing a sympathy card. The travellers are always talking about discrimination. Well, it's, it's look... It's, it's a chance that, 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 that people do look at things that way. And I don't know if they do. They probably do sometimes. Maybe a lot of people look at it. But... How about if that's the way you're left feeling and that's the way, that's the situation that your life is in and you want to talk about them things, can you be accused of uh, of, of using all your uh, your cards up like? Yeah, well, they use, in, in settled or in the countryman's world, uh, they call that by by slagging off somebody who's c- complaining about the situation they're in. Yes. Yeah? It's yeah. called victim shaming. Okay, and it's a big no-no in the settled world. Right. Don't shame the victim. And in this situation, uh, the traveller is not only being shamed as a victim, but they're being accused as being the perpetrator or the person who's doing the wrong or the violent one or the, the homophobic one or the one that's keeping women suppressed um, or the one that's doing dodgy dealings and robbing people and so on. So what I'm trying to do here, I think I've just realised, is allow a space for travellers and you specifically to start to listen to yourself, to hear yourself, to inform yourself from your your own past, uh, to realise where you're at and to maybe plan a future uh, for you, your your community and your family and so on. And not anymore have our hand out going, please, 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 can I have some more? Uh, Please, so give me some more. For you to take control, to take the power, to take ownership of where you're going and not be dependent on the state or the government to say this is where travellers are going. Because what happened in 1963 or whatever it was, was the state decided we don't want travellers anymore. What's happened for the last 50 years in Dublin is councils have decided 
this is what travellers are going to get and that's it. I don't think travellers have that, at the moment, I don't think that kind of power, do they? There's nothing handed over to, to, to travellers to, to deal with, like, you know what I mean? Is that not why we have councils? It is, like yes. What, tell me what kind of, uh, right, what you just said there was a big statement to make about. Absolutely, it was a huge statement. Right. So, what kind of power do settled people in Ballymun have to take that kind of thing into their hands? So that's why I'm doing this health and fitness festival in Ballymun. Because what I'm trying to do is show the people in Ballymun that for 50 years that they've had um, their hand out accepting the fact that the expertise is coming from outside the community, we're going to pay them loads of money and they're going to come in and tell us how to live. For me, the expertise is in this community. The wealth and knowledge and wisdom is within the people here. Uh, and I think it's the same for the travelling people. I don't know, Dean. I can't. I, you're, you're probably making a lot of sense there, but I can't see the picture. For instance, right, take a group of settled community here, right, in Ballymont. I'm only just saying this now as an example, or right? I'm not saying this is the case. And say, for instance, right, everything is getting done for them, right? Um, so basically, right, you're living in, um, just say, a certain area in Ballymont, right? And the council are coming in, they're fixing up the houses, and they're fixing up around the area, and they're knocking the door. Um, is everything okay here? Is there any problems in your house? Is there water leaking? Is your, is your electricity supply in order? Is um, whatever, just say all the basics, right? Making sure that everything's okay. Yeah, that's fine. That means then the people in them 20 houses don't have to put their hands out and say, look, at this is wrong and that's wrong. This is not fixed. There's a problem here and a problem there and the council won't fix it. So basically, they're left with no options only to put their hand out and ask mm-hmm. the councils that's supposed to fix these things to fix them. Okay, so it's the same thing with the traveller community. If it's a thing, you're living in a community, whether you're a traveller or settled, right? And the councils have a responsibility to maintain that certain area, yes, and they're not doing it. Do you have any options but to speak up and say, hold it for one second, I have no one to turn to here. I need to turn to the councils. Why? Because it's their responsibility to look after this place. Now the hand is not put out. Why? Because they're doing their job. So you don't need to put your hand out and ask for this or ask for that. Because, yes... It is, a, it is a very, very embarrassing situation when you have to ask somebody for something. But what's also shaming for these councils is the fact that you do have to ask in the first place yeah, yeah. for to fix um, something that they owned. They owned, councils owned a house or they owned a site. It's their duty to maintain the basic necessity on, the, on, on that house or that site. And if they're not doing it, then you have to open your mouth and ask them to do it. Okay, because you could be you just because you're a tenant there doesn't mean you can afford to actually fix the things that he's fixing. And also, the fact that the council owns them, it's their duty to fix them. Yeah, and I'm going to change one of the words. I'm going to go from ask. I'm talking about changing it from ask. Yeah. To tell. To tell them, yes. And that's a difference. There's a big difference Well, there. it sounds, yeah, it, it, there is a difference. Asking and telling is two different. That, is two, and that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm talking about the travelling community or the or the, the tenants in Ballymun. Yeah. Um, uh, or not just Ballymun. I'm just using Ballymun as an example. No, this is where we this, live. Yeah, that's right. Instead of asking and begging and pleading is to demand and tell governments and councils this is how it's going to be from now on. Because the councils and the governments have all the power, but none of the responsibility. And the people have none of the power 
and all of the responsibility. And that is going to, in, 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 my, um, in my head, that is going to change the more people realize what power they actually have. And one of the ways that a community or people in the community get power is that they start to hear their own voice. Yes, but there's a lot of there's a there's a there's a big big problem about, about having power. Um, if you haven't got the right power, the power in in their hands is money. Yeah, it's as simple as no matter what we can go on talk about it all day, but what it all boils back to is money because every time when a certain place needs a repair or needs looking after, the first thing they'll say and I have used it a hundred times over, we don't have the money, we don't have the funds. But the reality is, they do have the funds. They've got plenty of funds. So they're why? Not, they're not spending why it. should um, why should a tenant have to actually have an argument or a fight with a landlord, which is we're talking about councils here, right? Yeah, yeah. Why should a tenant have to have an argument or a fight with a landlord that should know his duty? If you make a complaint about something, yeah, that's wrong in your house or wrong in your site, yeah, you're comp- you're you're complaining for a reason, because something is broken and needs fixing. Yes, why should you have to have a fight because they're ignoring it? They're actually ignoring the fact that something over here needs to be repaired. So they turn a blind eye to it. So naturally, you're going to come and complain again about it. If you have ways of fixing it yourself, the chances are you probably will fix it or would fix it. But if you don't have the ways and means of fixing it, and it's not your duty to actually fix it, then you have no choice to open your mouth and t- look at it. All. It's your responsibility here. You're the you're the landlord of this, t- this property here. So I'm gonna I'm gonna maybe uh, try and tie this up uh, with uh, Dublin City Council's own motto. Yeah. Can I say one thing before you go well, there? The thing we were talking about first of all was mental health, uh, health well, issues. Health, Sorry, yeah, yeah, not yeah. mental health, but health issues. A lot of this, completely everything we're talking about here, it does affect people's health. Yeah. It affects them mentally and physically. Yeah. And emotionally. And emotionally. Yeah. In a lot, a lot of ways. Psychologically. Yeah. But when um, when you don't see this, when you're, when you're not living around it and you're not living in the centre of it, then it's not your problem. And I'm talking about Yeah, counsel. out of sight, out of mind. Yes, exactly, yes. Uh, and that's the way it's been treated. Yeah, yeah. And travellers are even more out of sight because their sights are outside of, uh, you know, at the side of towns and so on. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, the, in Dublin City Council, because that's where we are, Dublin City Council's motto, written on the floor of City Hall on Parliament Street. Yes. Yeah. In toils. Yes. It's an it's an old uh, Latin phrase. Yes. Uh, I don't know what the Latin is, but the English translation is, happy is the city whose citizens obey. Whose citizens obey. Yeah. So, is that like lay, laying down a law like this? Well, it's like saying... Uh, the city will be happy once you once obey. you listen to us. Yeah, uh, we have we have all the rules. We don't follow them all ourselves. We don't have much of the responsibility, but we've got all the rules and all the money. Yeah, I think it's a disgrace. Um, and that is affecting the health and welfare of the citizens yes. in in this city. Yes, and um, and what's happening because of money? Yeah, it is every as I said money, to you, power. It is money. Yeah, well, look at they feel that the money is the power. Yeah. Well, without the money, they're powerless. Yeah, but are they aware of the damage that they're, doing, that they're actually doing to people? Uh, well, I'll tell you what, that's one of the reasons I want to do this podcast is because 
you can only be, as my ma say, you can only be in denial once. Yeah? Yes. Once we put this out there into the world and people listen to it, it's out there. As I said, again, it's too bad you have to actually, um, when I say fight, I don't mean physically fight. I mean, I'm talking about words here, right? Well, Roddy Doyle has a place in town and he calls it fighting words. And sometimes... No, that's what I'm saying, yeah. Sometimes you words. need to use words to fight. Yeah. You know? And it's too bad you have to do it just to be listened to at times. Yeah. What's the other one? The pen is mightier than the sword. That's right. But it's crazy. Again, it's a crazy world. And this is where we're living at the moment. Uh, now, uh, me, me and you, we've taken action. Um, we've had a human rights protest, uh, which we might talk about in another episode. New human rights protest yes. in, in Ballymoan yes. against the Dublin City Council Super Depot. Um, and because our words weren't being listened to and we took action. That's right. But sometimes if you use the right megaphone and the right um, platform, yes, your words can reach further than those areas that aren't listening to you. Yeah. Uh, but what what do you have to do at times to get to people to listen? Um, I think sometimes it goes, it gets, I think sometimes if you embarrass them into it, it's not a bad strategy. No, you know somebody else who they fear or respect taps them on the I, shoulder and says, "Listen, I, you need to cop on here." Yes, but I think it's actually disgraceful that you actually have to have a protest against your own council to actually to get them to listen to you, so that you can actually just. Um, Voice your opinion, basically. So you're literally, you're still really only talking, yeah? You yeah. want them to hear the problem here. And then you're, um, hopefully, the, between you and them, that you can come up with a solution. But when they're giving you a deaf ear, and you actually have to protest just for them to listen, that's absolutely out you of this have world. To t- you have to do risky, a risky thing, like have a protest. Yeah. Where in this day and age, like it's it could land you in trouble, like, you know? Uh, yeah, it's very, only that if you know how to go the right way about it, yes, and use it, do, do this protest with manners and respect and also not use no violence. Yeah. So you're still only using words, but at the same time, you're as- actually asking them to cooperate here because you're cooperating and this is your only means of getting them to listen to you by using by doing something that you don't actually want to do, which is have a protest. What you actually want to do is be spending time with your family, uh, earning a few quid, yes, educating yourself, yes, sending your kids to school, going yeah. to sending them to college, yes, feeding them properly, walking in the park. Yeah. What you don't want to be doing is freezing uh, freezing your ass off protesting at half six in the morning so it's like you're fighting with somebody it, it, yeah. it is it's like you're fighting with somebody uh, and that somebody is is the councils so if they were to listen in the first place then she, it, things wouldn't have got to that level then so for me um, having that experience there's a lot a lot of ignorance and it's coming from the councils simple as that uh, they might look upon travellers as travellers are ignorant Yes, maybe travellers are ignorant in their eyes, I don't know. But what even makes it more ignorant is having intelligent, educated people working in high offices, knowing they have a job to do, and they're actually ignoring that job. They're ignoring the effects that these things are taking on people. And it's their duty to try to lessen these effects, try to minimise these effects. Minimise the damage that's getting done to people's health because of all those reasons. Because, yes, it is health damaging. 
no matter how we look at it or how we don't, it is health damaging to be living in conditions like this, to be ignored by by the by the government officials, if you want to call them that, yeah. So what happens is you begin to lose respect for them. You look up to them first because you think they're on your side, and and lose respect when for they the realize that, that they're in. When you when you realize that they think nothing of you. And they literally look at you're you're basically nobody in their eyes, yeah. And the fact that they are ignoring you so much, that is a, that is affecting. That's mentally affecting. Because why you feel like you're just. Uh, I'm not just saying this for me. I'm talking this for a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of travel who probably experience the same thing. You you feel like you're non-existent, and who's making you feel non-existent? The people that should be concerned about your welfare, about your 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 health, for instance, yeah, about your um the conditions of life that you're living in. There's a lot. It's a lot, lot more than that. It's deeper than they think, and yet they're ignorant towards it all. They don't want to listen. They don't want to take the. They don't want to do their duties. They don't want to take on their responsibilities. Yeah, they don't want to even uh, communicate. And this is not just now. It's been happening for a long, 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 long time. Uh, that long they do the things, like you said earlier on, and I'm, sto- I'm, I'm stopping you from talking, I'm sorry about that. When you're right. They do the things that they're forced into doing. But it's not just by travellers. you embarrass them. Yeah, but it's not just by travellers. Like you said earlier on, it's somebody else that's giving them a tip on the shoulder and saying, hold it, straighten yourself up there. You have a job out there to do. Why don't you go and try to do it? At least do a little bit of it. You mightn't complete the form, but at least start it off. So it reminds me of a, a song, uh, Damien Dempsey. Greed is the knife and the scars run deep. Yes. And I hope it's just greed and I hope it's nothing more sinister than that. Uh, hatred or blind ignorance. Uh, if it's greed, we can address that because we can just move people out of offices who are motivated by money and power. Yeah, you know. But if it's if it's hatred or blind ignorance, um, that's more incestuous. That's more built in deeper into the character of those people well, or in, fa- into into the institutions. I I honestly do think there's a lot, a lot, a lot of ignorance. Absolutely, a lot of ignorance. How can these people feel intelligent? when they're actually degrading their intelligence by uh, by being ignorant in the first place. That's the way I see it. Yeah. If you're an ignorant person, you are actually degrading your own intelligence. So why keep using the one thing over and over and over, which is ignorance all the way? And personally for me, I think, as I said, look at, I can manage, I get through things. I feel sorry for the... For the older people who can't cope with all of this, I feel sorry for the the young the young kids. I, I genuinely do. There's no doubt of this has come to my attention a lot of times, where uh, the sorrow the sort of affect you that you have for older older men and women and younger kids, because um, let's say the middle aged person like myself, you might just get through it somehow. You can barge your way some way there, like, 
and just as a fella says, I want to say a barge, I mean, tip along and just take one day at a time kind of thing. But the reality of it is, it's something that you get so used to. Now, I'm not saying this for everybody, but I am saying for me. It's something that you get used to and it becomes normal. It, it doesn't seem to affect you anymore. But what it does do, it makes you stronger. Then, when you get stronger, you want to talk out. You want to talk up. So you don't really care anymore. Because why? You've been too nice to them all along. And yes, we have been. Too nice to them all along, playing their games, playing the rules that they want to lay down. Well, and abiding by these rules. One thing I... I um, Which is no benefit, absolutely no benefit to us. The the rules that they make. One thing I say only benefit is, to if, you play, if you play their game by their rules, the house always wins. What we can do is look at establishing a new game or a new set of rules or what's what's a win for working class people? What's a win for travelling people? Do we even know or are we just going to continue to take what we're given and put up with it and allow uh, that to be normal? Well, you see, that can build... Um, yeah, what you're saying there about take what, we, what we're given yeah. and put up with it. Yeah, that can happen to a lot because... Um, it's like you're sort of left in a, in an opinion where people will wonder, well, why is nothing getting done here? Why is no one talking up here? It's because you keep getting pushed back so many times. You are inclined to give up. It's like um, you're knocking on a door here, but you're getting no answer. The door opens and it closes again. So you're back where you started. And it happens over and over and over. So before you know it, your confidence is destroyed. You don't want to go down that road again. So what do you do? You just settle with the way things are. Simple as. And Ro- you know in your heart. Roll over and take it. Sorry? Roll over and take it. You know in your heart that the way things are, are not right. They're not the way things are meant to be. But what do you do? You say, look, it's okay. Uh, just leave it as it is kind of thing. Yeah, don't bother. In other words... It saves you a lot of hassle by not talking up because you feel you're getting nowhere anyway. So me and you are in a very privileged position here sitting here recording this. Yeah. Okay? Because we haven't been worn down so much. Well, I only uh, hope... We've I actually only hope, been built up. I only hope one thing that I... In our little chat here that we haven't offended anybody. I know mm-hmm. I'm nyap, nyap, nyap all the time and I kind of help that sometimes. But um, I hope I haven't offended anybody because I'm not, I'm not sitting in this chair here in this little studio here to offend anybody. That's not my um that's not my intentions. Yeah, and if somebody, uh, if somebody I have does nothing get it, don't no don't get me wrong, I have nothing to uh to worry about when it comes to councils. Yeah. Uh because the truth is they have caused more offence to the traveller community than any other person in this entire world. Very good. There's no mistake about that. So I am not apologizing to to no councils. I am saying that if anybody listening to this in the future whether they're settled or travellers, I don't mean to offend them in any possible way. I'm speaking from my own experiences and the experiences that goes on around me, the things that goes on around me, and also the things that I have seen happening. In other words, I'm a witness to a lot of this. Yeah. Okay? Because I'm living in the middle of it and have been for a long, long time. And again, I can say also there's probably a lot of travellers 
and experiences the same things and maybe feels the same way. And I'm going to say very as hurtful. A, as as a, say that again. I said very very hurtful. As a, a settled man, as a country man, I've grown from getting to know you. My life has improved. I feel healthier. In what way? Just I used to feel a bit of shame talking to travellers because I thought my fellow country men have done this to your people. Dean, don't get me wrong in saying this, right? If I sit here and talk about, say, you're a countryman, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm a traveller, right? I don't mean to offend anybody in the in the, in the settled community because I know that this is not... The, the settled community are not to blame for these things. Yeah, yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? Absolutely. And I also know that in the settled community, um, there is poverty also. Yeah. Parts of it. Now, you mightn't talk about that yet, but I'm not staying... I'm totally oblivion to all of this. I'm not going to sit here and be like as stupid as I possibly can be. I know there is poverty all over the world, in parts of it. Not, not all over the world, but in parts of the world. And also in parts of Dublin. There is a lot of deprived areas. But at this, it, it, it still comes back to the one thing. I might be having a talk about travellers here. And I might, I might be pointing out about the situation with travellers and how they get treated by the councils. But if there's deprived areas in Dublin, and Ireland for that matter, yeah, well, it's a fact then that the councils are not doing their jobs in them areas also. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm not just, again, as I said, I, I know yeah, it I think sounds we, like we're I'm, using their experience here as an example, but it's not unique. It's not, it doesn't only happen here. We all know from um, news articles and reports and so on yes. that it's happening uh, in across the country in, yes. various, in various locations. Across the board, yeah. Uh, what I'm saying is, from our conversations, from me doing this podcast for you, with, with me getting to know you for the last two years, I've grown as a man. And uh, are you seeing your kind of a more of an understanding of how travellers sort of I think their lives are? My relationship with you adds adds to me. It adds value to who I am. It right. makes me feel better about myself. It makes me stronger. Yeah, you know. So, but you do know a lot of travellers up and down the country, don't you? Yeah, I know travellers. You've had the, you've dealt with a lot of travellers. Yeah, not so not, honestly, all, not all of them are are, are as I know confident say, and as vocal as you. I don't or know. As able to to speak about. And uh, the stuff that's going on in the lives, yeah. But don't forget, uh, uh, Dean. It's very, very, um, it's very, very easy for a person to speak. I, I'm not saying I have confidence in any way whatsoever. I do know one thing: it's very easy for us for a person to speak their minds if they're angry about situations. Mm-hmm. Do, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So therefore, if I'm speaking to you about these things, maybe it's because I'm angry. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying to you? So I'm sure there's a lot of people that maybe think the same way or can speak in the same way, if you know what I'm saying. That it's not all about the sympathy card or the discrimination card or the, the traveller guy is crying out again. It's nothing to do with that. It's about the reality today that we live in mm-hmm. and have been living in it for a long, long time. And again, yes, I do feel sorry for a lot of the community also. Because why? Because there is a lot of... Um, deprived areas in Dublin and around Ireland also that where the councils are not doing their job and yes it is causing a lot of uh, a lot of uh, effects on health mental health physical health emotional health emotional health there you go so it's not it's not just exactly all about travellers here yeah it's also in a settled community I mean, and if anyone knows that you probably know that 
So I'm going to give you a compliment that I tried to give you a minute ago, but I don't know if you heard it. Sorry. When I talk to you, when we spend time together, when we listen to each other, I grow from that. Are yeah. you saying I'm educating you? Or? I, well, you could say it's educating, but I, I would say I'm getting Dean, a lot of actually, wisdom from you. I'm getting, that was actually a joke, honestly. But no, I'm, 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 absolutely, I'm absolutely being serious, and I think that there's an opportunity for conversations to have between travellers and travellers, between travellers and setting people, yeah. uh, for us to learn from each other and grow from each other. Well, you see, the thing about it is, the chat we're having here now, right? Yeah. Um, I can honestly, yeah, that maybe I do feel good about it because, and I'm, say, for instance, if there's travellers out there that there is, I know there is travellers that like to speak up also, yeah, it's probably a great thing for them to have the opportunity just to talk. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Because it can be so annoying sometimes, maybe all the time, that you're going, you're dealing with the one situation over and over and over and over and over and nothing is getting done about it. So basically, no one is hearing anything. No one is, is, is um, not that nobody is listening to anything. It's just that nobody is talking about these things. Yeah. And that, I think that that's what we're trying to do here. And I think, again, I'm stopping you from talking and I, well, I apologise. And I think... This is why our councils can get away with so much. Yes. And this is why parts of our country, settled and travellers, is because um, this is why it's it's happening. So we're getting basically run to the ground because we're not talking up. So we're not shaming anybody into doing anything. Now, we shouldn't have to shame anybody into doing anything. If a man's got a job to do, he should be, he should be able to do it. I will at least do it to, his be- to the best of his ability. And back again to landlords and councils or one thing or another. Who else do you go to if you can't go to them? Let's look at developing a healthier relationship between travellers and travellers. Travellers and settled people. Yeah. Travellers and councils. I was going to say that. Travellers and councils. Settled people and councils. Yeah. Governments and and citizens. Yeah. Uh, That's where... Uh, the conversation should be going. Let's talk as adults. Yeah, don't fight. Ha- don't and, fight. And have healthy discussions, dialogues, conversations. Yes. Let's tease issues out rather than pointing fingers and blaming each other. Yeah. The thing about it is, it has to lie somewhere. Yeah. Someone has to be responsibility, uh, responsible for it. So who's responsible? If you own the house and you lease it out to somebody, you rent it out, yeah? Mm-hmm. And say, for instance, right, the underfloor and heating, that lovely heating that you, that you do have, yeah? Uh, if a pipe bursts underneath, whose duty is it to get that fixed? Yeah. Whose? There is a duty of, of care. So who, who is the duty? Yours. The landlord. The fellow who So owns you're the, the landlord then, right? Yeah, me. So the tenants contact you to get that fixed and you don't get it fixed. Who are they going to blame for it? They're going to blame you. Yeah. So you're saying there, with, um, let's not get into things where we're looking for someone to blame. It's not about someone to blame. It's a fact that people are not doing the job they should be doing. Yeah, They're not taking care of the things that need taken care of. They're not standing up to their, to their uh, to let's say, the jobs that they were given, in other words. You work for Dublin City Council. You have a house to maintain. You have a site to maintain. Why are they not being maintained? It means you're not doing your job then. So the finger is going to be pointed at you if you're not doing your job. So I take that back. We're going past talking. Let's get it done. You're being paid big enough wages. Let's get it done. 
or get out. We can't just sit here and say, let's not look for someone to blame. Yeah. It's not about looking for someone to blame. We shouldn't have to look for someone to blame. If things were getting done the way they should be getting done, yes, and people were doing the jobs the way they're supposed to be doing them, such as the councils, okay, right, then we would there'd be no fingers pointing in the first place. There'd be no conversation about council not doing what they should be doing. There'd be no, um, let's say, no interaction. Yeah. Yeah? There'd be no confrontations. There'd be no phone calls about people complaining about this, that, and the other. It's a fact that you're left with no options. You have to complain or shut up. Do you shut up and watch that poster pipe coming through your floor and keep walking around there every day without complaining and keep your mouth closed? So if it, it, it means then when you open your mouth, it's called a complaint. Is it called looking for someone to blame? Is that what it's called? Hmm. So therefore, what do you do? Again, just leave it, let it be. Let the pipe keep leaking under your floor and let the whole house flood out. Is that the case? Is that, is that is that what the landlords and the councils are waiting for? Is that I'm not talking about when I say landlords. I was yeah, using yeah, you yeah. as a landlord. But they are the landlord. No, there's some. I know there's. A, I'm not talking about every landlord. I'm talking about Dublin City Council. But in this case, Council. Dublin City Council are the largest landlord. Uh, in, it's in only, this, it's in only obvious. It's only obvious if there's private landlords out there yeah. that they're looking after their places. They're looking after the houses. They're being good to the tenants. They're looking after the tenants, fixing stuff that gets broke or maintaining the their property. Naturally, that's good. Obviously, I I don't I I've never heard like I never hear much complaints about private landlords and stuff like that. We are generally talking about council here. Yeah, simple as that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about private landlords. I was only using you as a bit of a reference there, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, that's the moral of my story, whether it makes sense or not. And it can be very very head wrecking. Yeah, and again back to the thing about health. These are the things that damage people's health, whether they like it or not, whether they can see it or not. I like uh, I like when you talk freely like that because like usually the episodes, these episodes are like an hour and a half. That's like me and you comfortable chatting. We can talk about, but there's something extra tonight in this episode. There's about a twenty minute, half an hour extra bit where you went. You know what? I'm just going to go for this, um, and it doesn't get done enough. Enough. Um, it doesn't. We don't talk about these things enough because we sound like we're giving out, but we're not. Um, what we're doing is speaking up, opening our mouth, having a voice, having a bit of power. It's not exactly giving out, as I said earlier on. Yeah, it's a fact that we shouldn't have to talk about these things in the first place. Because if things were right, then there'd be no need to talk. Done. So, um, are we finished here for the evening? Yeah, we're finished now, brother. All right, we got uh, it all out. What does that feel like? Uh, well, it's not even about what I want to feel like. It's not like I'm out here to beat anybody up or like or, yeah, yeah. or have a go with somebody. You know what I mean? That's not the case. the The case is that everything we talked about here is reality, simple as. Yeah. And it shouldn't be reality. It is, but it shouldn't be. And again, these are the things that do damage people's health. Simple as. So it means somebody was responsible for that. So that's us this week. Health. Yup. You're Dean. And I'm Martin. No, you're Dean, I said. (laughs) (laughs) See you later. So that's us for this episode. A traveller and a countryman podcast. If you like it, let us know. Share it around. And uh, we'll see you on the road.